the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations for 820 AM The Word. I've got a special guest with me today. He's Keith Nutbrock. He's uh, been a senior pastor at several area churches. Keith, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. Well, it's good to meet you. And uh, you and I had been chatting a little bit sports before we came on the air today. And Big Mariners fan. Oh, yeah, ever since I was a little kid. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, there's always next year, right? Uh, that's how you have to look at it uh, as being a Seattle Mariner fan. Exactly. It's always next year. Well, I grew up in the Midwest where it was always that way with the Cubs, you oh, know. Yeah. Uh, growing up, uh, the Cubs were always uh, struggling. And, of course, these days they've uh, uh, things have changed a little bit, but uh, there's always hope for the Mariners. Yeah, for sure. You've got your World Series, and um, hopefully ours is on its way. <laughs> exactly. Well, it sounds like you're an you grew up in this area. You're an area kid. Yeah, t- talk to me about that. Where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up uh, – in Des Moines, just a few minutes from the airport, and uh, grew up having the airplanes help me go to sleep and help me wake up. And uh, just I went to high school in the same area and grew up uh, just living around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What did your dad do? What was your my dad, um, along with really all of his family, uh, worked for Boeing. So he retired. He went. Uh, to work for them at 18 years old. His father passed away, so he had to support them as uh, a young man and uh, just kept going and retired after uh, 35, 40 years at Boeing. Well, that's probably a typical story for so many Seattleites. I grew up in a factory town back in Illinois, uh, the home of John Deere and, and International Harvester and Case Company and all those companies. And you know, the mindset in those days was, uh, you know, dad worked there and, and uh, you know, the family f- followed along, which which I did for a while, worked in the factories at uh, Deere and & Company and was a production welder. And so I get it, you know, yeah. that being a part of a of a big uh, manufacturing town, those that, that happened. So did you follow your in suit with your dad or did you no, not, no, not I, go that direction? No, I, I went a totally different direction than he did. Um, I... I, I mean, I worked a couple of jobs, obviously, before ministry. I worked at, at an insurance agency, and I worked at QFC. Um, but I really uh, had a call to ministry at kind of an, an early age, and so I knew that's where I wanted to go. Well, let's move back and walk back then. So sure. tell me about your spiritual formation. Was it a, a Christian family? Uh, was, uh, you know, were you going to church? What was uh, What was that about? Yeah, um, I I grew up just literally feet from my church. We attended a church called Normandy Christian Church uh, in Des Moines, and uh, I 
I pretty much started as an infant. My mom was real instrumental in getting me to go to church. Uh, so I, I grew up um, harassing the Sunday school teachers. Uh, I went to jet cadets and whirly birds and, and did all the programs. I was involved in a lot of the drama and youth group stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I remember from an early age just always being immersed in church. And uh, uh, it was a great time. My mom was, she was amazing. She was really the one that helped me to be immersed in God's word. I clearly remember her taking notebooks and writing up memory verses. And we would memorize these verses. And then if we did it, we got stars put Mm -hmm. next to them. So she was real instrumental. Uh, At that time, my dad really was not excited about going to church. He would attend with us. He would sit in the seats, but really not be active. Uh, And so he wasn't against going in any sense and didn't discourage us, but he wouldn't really participate. Uh, So that was always very interesting. You know, you're talking about memory verses, and some people might smile or, uh, or snicker a little bit about the gold stars and the and all of that, but I mean, the reality is to have the word implanted in your heart. While you were just sharing that, I was thinking about, you know, I grew up in a same kind of a situation, and I can quote one of the very first verses I remembered from Mark, uh, from the book of Mark, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and and uh, suffered not the devil to speak because they knew him, or the demons to speak because they knew him. I don't know why I memorized that <laughs> verse out of so many, but you know, uh, but I remember that from fifty some years ago. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I mean, the Bible says that we are to hide God's word in our hearts so we may not sin against Him, and how God uses His word in so many situations in our life and to teach us to correct us. Uh, and rebuke us and train us in righteousness, you know. And, and so that that really was something very instrumental that I drew on later on um, as I grew in my faith. Yeah. So teenage uh, years were yeah. years serving the Lord? Well, I, I you know, I, I did the normal teenage stuff uh, growing up. I played baseball, played sports. Um, but I really started to really dive into my faith and really kind of understand and comprehend what Jesus did for me on the cross, probably around age 13. And I had a, a couple of wonderful pastors. Uh, one was named Pastor Roy Stedman, who just, I, because I lived so close, I was able to have a relationship with him and, and got to know him. And, and he just loved on me. And a couple of great youth pastors uh, who, who just really inspired me and so I started to really take my faith serious, and I asked God um, to take control and charge my life and um, was baptized in the church um, around age 13. Wow. So having that foundation, uh, I'm sure you appreciate even more now the fact that um, to have that upbringing kept you from a lot of messed up stuff. Oh, it did. It, it <laughs> absolutely did. Having uh, the foundation of God's Word, having my mom there, and then having the accountability of the pastors who were my friends uh, and mentors, it, it did. It kept me solid. It kept me around godly people. I mean, I, I made my, my fair share of mistakes, mm-hmm. as any kid would do, but it certainly 
helped me to not go over the deep end or just abandon everything. But yeah, having them around as a, as counsel and just people who really built into my life was huge. And I'm so grateful for that. Well, you mentioned uh, a little bit ago that uh, you sensed this call to ministry early on in your age. So tell, talk to me about that. What As a young person, what was the Lord challenging you uh, about ministry? Well, I, I really, from very early on had a very sensitive spirit. I love to help people. And I had an opportunity around 15 or 16 to start counseling at a Christian camp um, that really my youth pastor was the director of. And, you know, at first I didn't really take it serious. It was just kind of a fun summer activity. And I just, as I, as I started to do that and invest in the lives of some of the other kids who were under my care, and I also met my wife, uh, while at camp, uh, it just really, I loved helping and I loved to see them dive into God's word as I did as a kid. And, uh, just built that connection and kind of just gave me a foundation of like, this is really what I want to do growing up. I, I don't really know where or which ministry or what, but I want to help people. I want to, I want to invest and see them grow in their relationship with God. And so I just kept doing that and, and, um, God took me in the direction of ministry eventually. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you met a girl pretty pretty early on. I did. I, it was. It's kind of a funny story because my my wife and I, I I've known her for I've been married twenty six years, but I've known her for over thirty thirty five years, and we had uh, youth groups that did things associated with one another. And I was always would always see her and like, oh, she's cute, but you know, I, I just went about my own thing and. Um, the year that we actually were going to counsel together, um, we got matched up and we were like co-counselors and she was interested in a guy, we called him too tall Trevor. He was like six foot eight <laughs> and <laughs> a little taller than you. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, I teased him because I was also his friend and I, I said, you know, if you don't, if you don't come to camp, I really wanted him to come to camp with me. If you don't come to camp, I'm, I'm going to start dating Leah, her, her name was, uh-huh. and uh, I was I was totally joking, but as the week grew, you know, went on, I really did want to date her, <laughs> and so at the end of the week, we waited, we waited till all of that was over. I asked her uh, out, and she said yes, and the rest is history. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, those those early romances can, uh, you know, my wife and I met at age fifteen. Uh, and great. part of church, and uh, it's been over forty six years now being married. So oh, that's awesome. You know, sometimes it can last. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful every day. She's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. Some of those early uh, romances in youth group can can uh, make a difference. Yeah, I'm so, just really glad that I uh, I got. I told you, tell Trevor that I'm going for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you did. <laughs> well, Leah is the better for it. I'm well. sure. So, so. Well, tell me, um, in that discussion with Leah, and as you're dating and you're starting to feel the call to ministry, what was that like for her? Did she sense that same call in her life, or was it a, did it have to be a matter of convincing? You know, I, I, I would say that she did not pick up on that right away. Uh-huh. Uh, I think as I got older and um, I started to really seriously talk about it, um, she realized maybe what she was going to be getting involved with and, and she just wanted to support me. And 
And I, I, there were times where I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. You know, maybe I'll be a police officer. If I, and she's like, no, remember, you, God has called you to this. This is what you should be doing. And she was a real great source of strength and keeping me focused. So uh, whereas she never, I'd think, intended for that to be her path, she uh, knew that's what God wanted for us and, and was very, very supportive and encouraged and just always stood behind me and um, just was a real trooper. Because pastors have to have that, don't they? I mean, if if a spouse, you know, you can be a, you know, you can be a manager at a radio station, and your and your spouse is kind of like, okay, you know, it's fine, you can do what you want to do. But when it comes to ministry, there has to be that affinity that takes place. There has. I mean, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of expectations that come on her because her pastor or her husband is the pastor, mm-hmm. right? Things that maybe she not she didn't expect, you know, be a counselor to women or, you know, the whole cliche of like she's got to play the, the piano. Or mm-hmm. it, There are so many different things that come along with that. It's not just you doing one job and her doing another thing. You really work side by side. The, you, the hurts, the joys, she feels as much as, as you do. And and so, yeah, there has to be uh, that understanding, that 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 togetherness in in that call. Well, if you don't mind, can we dig a little bit deeper into that as far as as far as the call of a pastor because I don't know as if and I don't want to call people laymen, but those who have not been involved in vocational pastoral ministry or or some sort of pastoral ministry recognize kind of the burden that you bear for for that flock that God has assigned you to for that season. Mhm. That there is truly a a burden you bear uh, uh, as a shepherd, as a caring for the souls of those that you've been assigned to, and that uh, that is something that is carried until the Lord releases you from that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, your 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 spouse has to be uh, sensitive to that and, and aware of of what that calling is all about. Doesn't absolutely don't they? absolutely yeah. I, I always had, well, I had a, a pastor who would tell me and tell us that if you could do anything else, do it. Do that. Because that calling is, for one, it's a huge responsibility. And you're held to a higher standard um, in in front of God's eyes and, and other people. And there are going to be highs. There's going to be lows. Uh, and plenty of them all throughout your ministry. And uh, it, it isn't something that's always easy that burden um that you talked about is 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 it's absolutely real you know you people can go home from their jobs and kind of put it away as a pastor you just don't do that you you it's 24 7 you're 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 dealing with sick people or you know people who lost their jobs and they look to you and and you bring that home and and if your wife is not walking alongside of you then it can be very difficult in trying. And and so there really is, as a pastor you're called, but as a wife too, you they they have such an integral role and really emotionally they are with you in every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important that you have that partner. Yeah, who's... yeah. Well, you have ministered in various situations. Uh, uh has it always been as a senior pastor? Have you been in youth ministry, or what's uh, what's been your your road that you've traveled? Yeah, um, God has a sense of humor because he he uh, he's 
used me in a lot of different ways and involved in a lot of different ministries. When I first started, um, right out of college, essentially, or even the year before I graduated, I, my youth pastor, he said, Keith, go get an internship at the biggest church you can possibly find. I'm like, okay. So at that period of time, it was Overlake. And so I, I submitted a summer internship for Overlake, and it went to the children's ministry pastor that was there. And he took one look at it, and he was like, oh, you know, nah, this guy doesn't have an experience, and he put it in the trash. Um, and then later on that day, he took it out, and he's like, okay, maybe I'll give him a call. So he called me, and uh, we got a, I got a chance to meet him, and he offered me a part-time job, which I really needed because I was uh, just I was about ready to get married mm-hmm. at the time. And he offered me a summer internship, which the church um, just really didn't do. So I sat around and was interviewed by the senior pastor and all of the staff and, you know, just shaking. Uh, and I got a chance to work in uh, children's ministry and develop a, a ministry to elementary kids, fourth through sixth graders. And from there, it just kind of, you know, took off and, and um, I got a chance to work there full time. I mean, who hires a, a 22-year-old kid who doesn't have kids, just barely married at a mega church, you know, dealing with hundreds of volunteers and, and kids with really no experience. And it was just a real blessing and an honor. And I got a chance to work with uh, the pastor uh, and he, uh, pastor of children's ministry, and he really mentored me, became like another dad to me and just, he gave me great experience. So I worked at Overlake Christian Church for six years. It was quite an adventure. Uh, highs and lows and a lot of different So that ways. was in the the new building? Uh, well, I, we started or, off at the old building. At the old building, And uh-huh. then moved into the Redmond campus. Right, so right. So that was really exciting. Yeah, it's to, with, the, with the runway for the parking lot. Yeah. You know? It takes you like two days to get there by <laughs> car. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you, you walked into the, 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 um, the auditorium and you were just like, whoa. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Like 5,000 seats. It was... It was it was intimidating a little bit, but it was right. exciting too. So yeah, yeah. Well, those multi-staff or large staff churches, uh, having worked in similar situations myself, there's there is a uniqueness to it, and uh, especially for a 22 year old, there's a lot to learn, and that I'm sure was great. Great. To... Oh, it was, it was a great adventure. I got to I got to teach uh, in conferences. I got to teach in front of adults. I got to lead teaching teacher training and i actually got a chance to go on my very first mission trip uh with the staff to argentina which was really exciting so Mm -hmm. it it really it really it was a great foundation to build from moving forward in ministry yeah well as you've progressed through you know what do you what would you say your your primary uh focus of ministry is uh you know what what are the what are the themes of your life that 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 you have shared with others? A lot of times, the Lord gives us kind of a theme of, of 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 our message, if mm-hmm. you will. And and what is that for you? Well, like I said, uh, I've I've done so many different things. You know, I've, I've done worship, I've for youth ministry. I've done student ministry, and children's ministry. I've overseen missions. Um, I've overseen women's ministry at different periods of time. I've worked with some churches in transition from leadership and, you know, gone through some good times and some really hard times. But for me, the theme and what really is my calling is to shepherd people. I I love people. I love to see them just love Christ with all of their hearts. I love to see them 
just build, understand the passions that they have, the gifts that they've been given, and employ them in ministry. And uh, I like to walk alongside of them during the good and the bad times. I want to be involved in their life. It just it, That just fills me. I want to help. I mean, that's really what it is. I want to be a shepherd. I want to help people. I love getting out in the community and really helping them uh, in practical ways. You know, we got a chance at the church I was last at to give out boxes of food to the community and being able to be there and see that happen and see the light just kind of go off and like there's good people around in the church there's you know that to me has been really what um i thrive on is just seeing ways that i can really help both in a biblical and spiritual perspective but just in a really practical way as well well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Operations, and uh, we're speaking with Keith Nutbrock. He uh, has pastored, been in senior positions, and as you can tell, in lots of other positions. Uh, Keith, we've got about uh, three minutes left, and uh, I'd love for you just to kind of share from your heart. Uh, in this season, uh, uh, we're, uh, this program is airing the, the first part of January of 2021. We've come through uh, the Christmas and holiday season, yet uh, we're in a transition of uh, of government. We're in a transition with COVID. Uh, churches are are uh, um, you know going through the various stages of getting back to normalcy, uh, hopefully. But uh, I'd love for you just to share from your heart what what the Lord's been speaking to you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a transition. Pastors and leaders have had to adapt in ways that we haven't before. But what I see and the encouragement that I could give, I think, is there really isn't a better time than this to be a missionary in the area wherever you're involved. We focus as a church a lot of times in sending missionaries overseas. And not that we shouldn't do that, but we have a mission field right now. We have people that are hurting, that have lost jobs, loved ones, that are struggling with where the country's going, and it's an opportunity for all of us, even just ministering to our next-door neighbors, even just getting out and and smiling, even through the masks, if you can. <laughs> People can tell by your eyes. But if, if you can make a difference in, in any way. And, I mean, that's what we're called to do is expand the kingdom of God, and we never know what part we may play in someone coming to Christ just through a kind word or a pat on the back, or buying a coffee, or going the extra mile, and and even just telling them that, you know what, Jesus loves you and has a plan. Well, uh, we're, uh, we're about, uh, again, about a minute and a half away, and I just want to uh, remind people that uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Keith and, and have a further conversation, uh, you can go to, uh, uh, you can email him actually at uh, Keith Nutbrock, and I'm going to spell that for you because uh, you've got an yeah. interesting last name. Very, so very, Keith, K E I T H, Nut, N U T T B R O C K, at iCloud.com. That's Keith Nutbrock at iCloud.com. If you want to get a hold of Keith uh, by cell, 425 614 6699. I really hope that uh, you uh, have enjoyed listening to various Heart of the City programs. Uh, you know, I, I count it a privilege because I get to hear stories of pastors, of ministry leaders, and 
and others who have a story to tell. And the, the stories that are told are generally this, that uh, there is a man named Jesus who they have a personal relationship with, and that there came a point in, in, in life where they recognized the need for a Savior because, as the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that we all need that Savior and uh, have received him into our lives and had a, have a personal relationship with him. Out of that then comes a calling in our lives that is uh, truly amazing. And some he's called to work at Boeing, Others, he's called to pastor a church. Other, he's called to be a homemaker. And in that calling, the Lord expands his goodness and grace to others that we are able to influence. So, Keith, uh, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. God bless you. If you, you. Wanna, if you want to get uh, hear this message again, hear this podcast, you can go to thewordseattle.com, click on local programs, and you'll find Heart of the City there. Keith, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to this 820 AM, The Word, special Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, The Word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com. 